Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. You know, here at the Open Your Eyes Project, we're deeply committed to the simple truth that you can't be what you can't see. Therefore, we all need to open our eyes to the possibilities and realities all around us. And one of those realities is that you are filled with immense potential and that sometimes seeing things in a new way can unlock that potential. So today, wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you get a new perspective of how you can think and live better. Now, if you want to find the home channel for these podcasts, go to openyoureyes.org. There you'll find your podcast channel. Select it and then subscribe to it so you automatically get updates as they're released each Monday. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about what you get when you adopt the mindset that there is more than enough. In 2022, seven new sports were added to the Winter Olympics, including the women's monobob, that's individual bobsledding, big air freestyle skiing, mixed team snowboard cross aerials ski jumping, and new to the skating track, the mixed team short track relay. Now, what are the oldest sports that are part of the Winter Olympics? Cross-country skiing, ski jumping, ice hockey, and speed skating have all been around since 1924. Now, speed skating was an international sport long before it was adopted into the Olympics. And in the 26 Olympic Games since speed skating was adopted, the Netherlands have won 130 medals in speed skating, the United States has won 70, and Canada 40. Now, speed skating is a fascinating sport. The distance of the race varies from 500 meters to 3,000 meters, but it is the fastest sport that is human-powered. Skaters reach speeds of up to 40 miles per hour. The state of Wisconsin seems to have produced more champions than any other state with gold medal winners like Bonnie Blair and Eric Hyden and Dan Jansen. Eric Hyden set world records in five speed skating events at the 1980 Olympics. But nowadays, of all the current world records in 26 different speed skating events, only two are held by Americans. The two Americans are Heather Richardson, who holds the record for the 500 meters, and she retired in 2020, and Brittany Bowe, who holds the record in the 1,000-meter race and represented the United States just a few weeks ago in the 2022 Winter Olympics. Interestingly, when Bowe grew up in Florida, she was more interested in basketball than skating. In fact, she would go on to play basketball in college at Florida Atlantic University. But she loved inline skating, and during her junior high and high school years, she competed in inline skating races and won several championships. Well, during college, Brittany watched her friends, like Heather Richardson, transition from inline skating to speed skating, and it looked fun. So after she graduated, Brittany gave it a try, and she loved it. You know, speed skating is faster and more intense and more dangerous. So in 2010, Brittany moved to Salt Lake City to take up speed skating professionally. And she was a natural, so much so that in 2013, Bo won her first world championship medal, 
a bronze in the 1,000 meters at the World Championships. And later that same year, she would set a world record in the 1,000 meters, and that record stands to this day. Well, in the subsequent Olympic Games, Bo failed to medal. In the 2018 Olympics, she was recovering from a concussion and placed fourth. And over the years, despite a storied career in skating, the Olympics and the Olympic gold in an individual race seemed to elude her. And despite being a three-time Olympian, she traveled to the U.S. Olympic trials a few months ago without an Olympic medal. So, when Brittany arrived in Milwaukee for the 2020 Olympic trials a few months ago, her goal was to qualify for the 500, 1,000, and 1,500-meter races and compete in all three at the Olympics. She was prepared, healthy, and ready to win, and she did. She won the 1,000-meter and 1,500-meter races by more than one second ahead of the next skater. She then competed in and won the 500-meter race as well. Now, during the 500-meter race, the favorite going into the race wasn't Bo. It was Aaron Jackson. And Aaron and Brittany had skated together many times. They were friends. However, Aaron slipped during her race and, as a result, placed third in the trials. And with only the top two skaters going to Beijing, Jackson was left off the Olympic team. So what did Brittany Bowe do? As you may know, she gave up her spot on the 500-meter Olympic team to Aaron Jackson. I mean, who does that? I mean, Brittany had yet to earn an individual medal at the Olympics, and she needed every race to potentially win a medal. Who does that? Who, who gives up something so valuable for another person? Brittany did. Well, long story short, Aaron Jackson would go on to win the gold in the 500 meters at the Olympics and be the first black woman to ever do so. Brittany Bow would not get an individual gold medal. Instead, she won a bronze in the 1,000 meters. Now, let me ask you, if Brittany had skated in the 500-meter race instead of Aaron Jackson, would Brittany have won the gold? We'll never know. But here's the thing. Brittany was more concerned about Aaron than she was about herself. Even more impressive was what happened when Aaron Jackson skated in her medal round at the Olympics. The cameras caught Brittany Bow on the sidelines during and after the race. And when Jackson won the race, Brittany threw both hands in the air and cheered. Then she was the first one to embrace Aaron after the race. And when Brittany talked to the media, she said, Watching Aaron have that gold medal hang around her neck brought me to the biggest tears I've cried in a long time. This has been an honor. Now, I don't know how famous Brittany Bow would be in her life if she had won the gold medal at the Olympics. But I know this that the story of her giving her spot to Aaron has garnered more attention and done more to define the sport and the Olympic Games than a gold medal ever would. And I suspect when Brittany looks back on her life or checks her emotional energy from time to time, she'll be grateful she did what she did. And I don't know what race you're competing in nowadays in your life, but I know this, that every day in most things we do, we have a choice. We can see things as scarce, like the chances to win a race at the Olympics and decide not to help or cheer others on, or we can see things as abundant, that there is more than enough for everyone 
and give what we think is exclusively ours to help others win. When our view is that there's more than enough, we celebrate the other person's victory. And this is sometimes a very hard thing to do. When you've worked so hard at your business to achieve a certain status and someone else comes along and does it quicker with seemingly less effort and gets most of the accolades and attention, it's hard to genuinely celebrate their success. However, I believe one of the most powerful characteristics you can develop in life, one that will reward you for years to come, is to rejoice in the other person's victory. To truly be happy for, celebrate with, and magnify the accomplishments of others. Put them ahead of yourself. I think we all have, from time to time, withheld our applause or help or acknowledgement when someone else, particularly those who aren't too kind to us or may not deserve it in our mind, win or progress or get attention ahead of us. I mean, it's natural to see things as scarce, to see accolades as limited, and not want to give up our spot for someone else. But there is magic when you think abundantly. Abundant thinking is this. There is enough. There's more than enough in the end for everyone. And there's enough business to allow your competition to succeed. There's enough social media attention for others and you to share. There is more than enough. And if we help others, we all rise. It's interesting to note that Aaron Jackson said that Brittany giving up her spot in the 500 meters is typical of Brittany. She often goes out of her way to coach and help Aaron and others. Kim Getz, a U.S. skater who placed seventh in the 1,000 meters at the Olympics, who is in only her third full year of long track skating, said Bo gives her technical feedback on the ice all the time. She doesn't treat me like a competitor, Gets said. She wants to see me excel and improve. And it's just amazing to have that on your side, the best in the world trying to help you get there as well. Brittany Bo has a more than enough mindset, an abundance mindset that there's enough recognition and winning for everyone. It's the opposite of a scarcity mindset in which we believe there isn't enough for everyone. So, let me ask you a simple question. In what circumstance in your life right now do you need to adopt abundance rather than scarcity thinking? In your friendships, is there a person or two who seems to garner the attention and take away from you in one way or another? In your business, is there someone who's outperforming you and taking your time or taking away from you in the process? In your family, do you always seem to be on the short end of the stick, so to speak? If so, let's consider how adopting an abundant mindset will help you find peace, create greater success for you in the end, and also set you up for your next success. Because here's what I've learned. Having an abundant mindset changes you. It changes your team and changes your trajectory in life. It makes all the difference. Now, before we move on, we may want to ask ourselves, why do we, at times, resent other people's success? Have you ever found yourself looking at someone else's social media feed and feeling a degree of envy or jealousy? It could be photos of a glamorous holiday destination or news of a promotion, 
the fact that she looks in shape while you're a little out of shape or any one of a number of similar things. It's common that our reaction to other people's success isn't always positive. We tend to draw comparisons between what we have and what we perceive others as having. Resentment is a real feeling, and it can be crippling. Sometimes our thoughts get distorted, and what they have grows in our minds, and what we have shrinks at the same time. Well, it's easy, isn't it, to let the feeling that you're not getting your fair share in life take a serious toll on your mindset and happiness. So, rather than zoom in on someone else's good fortune, zoom out to put things in proper perspective. Everyone experiences hardships of some kind. And even if someone appears to have it all together on the outside, remember, you have no idea what sort of mental battles that individual may be fighting on the inside. And it's also easy to get caught up into thinking that everything is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity or that other people's success means that we can't succeed too. But in reality, very few things in life have a truly limited supply. One thing that is limited, by the way, is your time. And every minute you spend resenting someone else's success is 60 seconds of your life that you've wasted. You know, recently in an article published in the Basic and Applied Social Psychology Journal, the results of two surveys were given. In one survey, more than 74% of respondents reported experiencing major envy recently in their lives. And surprisingly, researchers found that we most often envy others of our own gender. It surprised us, the study author said, how consistently men envied other men and women women. Even in domains like financial and occupational success, where you can imagine that a woman might envy a man his better pay or status, that wasn't usually the case. They also learned that younger 25 to 30-year-olds envied the physical looks and romantic relationships others had. Men envied occupational success while women envied looks or how in shape another woman was. Interestingly, in a study published in Forbes magazine, researchers found women envied physical attractiveness, popularity, social ease, prominent family, and better clothing most often. Men envied money, a car or other item, ownership of something, academic success, and athletic talent. Now, in the second study published, the researchers studied whether proximity magnified envy, meaning if you're close friends, you tend to envy more. And here's what they learned. That closeness did, in fact, magnify envy by about three times. But they also learned that that envy tended to diminish over time. So, we tend to envy people closest to us, but we can temper that envy as well. Here's the point. We all experience envy and scarcity from time to time. For me, a man, when my neighbor gets a new car that I've always wanted, it's easy to think that all cars like that are gone and I'll never have one. So the question then is, how do you ease your envy? Well, many people will say to acknowledge it, to help yourself see the real facts that Often others' lives seem better than they really are, and they'll give you other self-help tricks like that, and that's all good. But here's what I've learned. 
When you take envy out of your heart, it needs to be replaced with something. Otherwise, the void will be filled with envy again. So what do you fill it with? Grace. Now, the definition of grace is a generous, free, and totally unexpected and undeserved favor, love, and charity given to someone else. It means to give them the glory, to rejoice in the other person's victory. This is one of the hardest things to make part of your character, the true grace to rejoice in the other person's victory without the expectation of anything in return. Now, when I give grace to someone else, when it's a person that I might otherwise resent for their success, and I give grace fully, really rejoicing in their success, I literally feel the energy go from me to them. And then something interesting happens. I feel the energy return to me, not from them, but from some other place. Maybe it's God's grace, or maybe it's the spirit of knowing it's the right thing to do, and maybe it's my own inner strength growing in its ability to generate real energy. All I know is it happens. It returns to me. And the minute you begin to give grace, even in your thoughts, you'll find something. You'll find an inner strength you never thought possible. In the recent Olympic Games, Italian skier Sofia Goggia was competing in several skiing events against American Michaela Schifrin. Both had skied in the slalom race, and Goggia had done well. Schifrin did not. In fact, Schifrin was struggling in every race. So what did Goggia do? She gave Schifrin her skis for the downhill race. You see, Schifrin had tried the skis in a training run and had achieved the fastest time in the field in practice. So Gogia put a sticky note on the skis and told Schifrin to use them. The note said, fly, Mika, you can. Who does that? Who gives their skis to a competitor so the competitor can win the race? A person of grace does. In my own life, I've talked to myself many times when tempted with envy and said, McKay, rejoice in the other man's victory. And you know what? It works. Say it to yourself next time you're tempted to envy or to not celebrate another person's success. It will help you give up your envy to just package it up in grace and extend your true compliments and gifts and help to another person. When you do, you will find that soon you both will rise. Now, if you don't extend your grace and keep your envy, you'll soon find likely that only one of you will rise. The best example of this in history extends back to the late 1800s. At the time, Thomas Edison had developed a stable and long-lasting incandescent light bulb. An incandescent light bulb works on the principle of incandescence, a general term meaning light produced by heat. And in an incandescent bulb, an electric current is passed through a thin metal filament, heating the filament until it glows and produces light. Well, with his success, Edison wanted to give light to New York. So Edison opened the first central power station to power lights in Manhattan. And he used direct current to deliver 110 volts of electricity to nearby buildings. The problem was that DC, or direct current power, could only travel so far. 
so it helped buildings immediately near the power station, but couldn't help those further out. Well, at the time, working for Edison was a man named Nikola Tesla. Tesla was working on AC power, or alternating current power, which could travel further than DC power. Tesla dreamed up the mechanics of a generator for AC power, and after returning from a trip and exploring his invention, he suggested the solution to his boss, Thomas Edison. Well, Edison not only rejected Tesla's ideas, but quickly shut Tesla down, telling him there wasn't any value in what he had to offer. So, Tesla left Edison's company, struck out on his own, and eventually patented his ideas. Then he licensed those patents to George Westinghouse. What did Edison do when Westinghouse won the deal to power Chicago's World's Fair with Tesla's AC power? Well, he tried to discredit Westinghouse and the safety of AC power, but it was unsuccessful. Well, Westinghouse earned a contract to construct the AC generators at a hydroelectric power plant in Niagara Falls, and the plant started delivering electricity to New York. Well, that achievement pushed Westinghouse ahead of Edison, and AC power became the dominant power in the electric industry. Edison's efforts, as a result, did not succeed. So here's the question. What if Edison and Tesla and Westinghouse had worked together? What if they had an abundance mentality? What amazing things could have happened as a result? Their combined talent and some grace and some abundant thinking would have made the world and likely themselves better in the end. You know, Stephen Covey described abundance like this. The abundance mentality is a paradigm that there is plenty out there for everybody. You see, most people are deeply scripted in what I call the scarcity mentality. They see life as having only so much. As though there were only one pie out there, and if someone were to get a big piece of the pie, it would mean less for everyone else. People with a scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition and credit, power or profit, even with those who help in the production. They also have a very hard time being genuinely happy for the successes of other people, even and sometimes especially members of their own family or close friends and associates. It's almost as if something is being taken from them when someone else receives special recognition of or windfall gain or has remarkable success or achievement. The abundance mentality, on the other hand, flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. It is the paradigm that there's plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in sharing of prestige, of recognition, of profits, of decision-making, and it opens up possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. Well, here's the truth. There is more than enough to go around, and there are more than enough creative ideas. There's more than enough power, love, joy, and opportunity to win. And when we realize our infinite nature, that God extends unlimited grace to all of us, you feel, you embrace, you act like there is more than enough for everyone. Now, I get it. I've had people promoted ahead of me, take my job, get a title I wanted, be admired more than me, and on and on. I get it. 
But trust me, give your grace away, and soon you'll know that when you truly rejoice in another person's victory, you get more in return. So, how do you adopt an abundance mindset? Well, first, remember our long-lasting principle here at Open Your Eyes. You can't be what you can't see. So your view of abundance must change. That view is that the world is full of opportunities and recognition and reward. Literally, put into your view the abundance that exists in your sphere. Remember, if you just lost that VP job, you may be tempted to think it's the only VP job in your company. But maybe God has in mind to make more VP jobs or to put you in other companies. What exists today may not exist tomorrow. Remember, your time is coming. Next, keep your sights on the real end goal. Now imagine the football player who played quarterback and could only see the backup quarterback as his rival. And as a result, he wouldn't listen to or share ideas with the backup quarterback. He's only focused on keeping his starting position. Now, while having a starting position is great, and it brings him wealth and popularity, there's likely something that gives him more, like a starting position on a winning Super Bowl team. Because when the team wins, he wins more. You see, by sharing everything with the backup quarterback and giving him the opportunity and having confidence in his own ability and having an abundance mindset, that quarterback, that starting quarterback, wins more. The same goes in your marriage. If you're in a tug of war about who is right or wrong or better or worse or any other type of thing, remember, when you both win, you win more. Let go of your scarcity. Be full of grace. Be confident in yourself and watch what comes your way. If you're not yet married or divorced, and it seems everyone in your group of friends has a significant other except you, it may feel like you'll never find love or there aren't good enough people out there for you to date. That's a scarcity mindset. Now, with an abundance mindset, you'll be happy for your friends, but at the same time, you'll know the love meant for you will come to you when the time is right. You see, this change in view may open you up to meeting new people and new things. The mindset itself may be exactly what you need. So, if you agree with all of this, that there is more than enough, then try this. Today, find someone who's having success and celebrate with them. Give freely of your own grace. Put this concept to the test and see if you don't generate more personal strength yourself. At the infamous 1936 Olympics, Jesse Owens was competing in Berlin in the long jump in front of a hostile crowd. And he was competing against the German hero, Luz Long. Now, Owens had three attempts to make the qualifying length to put him into the finals competition. In the first two jumps, he foot faulted, meaning he stepped over the start line and those jumps were disqualified. Now, it's rumored that Luz Long gave advice to Owens in that moment. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But Owens would qualify on his third jump and go on to win the gold medal, and Long won the silver medal. At the medal ceremony, in front of Hitler and everyone else in the stands, Luz Long was the first to congratulate Owens. They posed together for photos, 
and walked arm in arm to the dressing room. Owens said, it took a lot of courage for him to befriend me in front of Hitler, and I would melt down all the medals and cups I have, and they wouldn't be a plating on the 24-carat friendship that I felt for Luz Long. What did Luz get? Well, he got a lifelong friendship with Owens, and this story has been told thousands of times, and he likely got to know who he, Luz Long, really was in the process. So, as we end today, remember Brittany Bow. Give abundantly. Rejoice in the other person's victory. Celebrate the success of others without the expectation of anything in return. And you will find that the grace you give away will, in fact, return to you and your life and your energy and yourself will grow. Remember, when you give grace, you grow. Your business grows. Your marriage grows. Not linearly, but exponentially. And there is abundance, enough money, enough praise, enough titles, and enough for everyone to win. And today, find someone who's having success and celebrate with them. Give freely of your own grace. Put this concept to the test and see if you don't generate more personal strength yourself. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.